and I was listening to the pastor share the lineup of all the upcoming events for the children's ministry and for the women's ministry and for the men's ministry and for the youth group. And I remember I was sitting there and saying, you know, to the Lord, oh, Lord, you know, it would be so nice, blah, fill in the blank. When all of a sudden I felt the Spirit of God speak to me, and I know I'm repeating myself, but it's important that I share this. Um, I felt the Spirit of God really speak to my heart and just say these words, and it wasn't a scripture. It was, if you build it, they will come. And I love that God can use anything and speak through anything, and we know exactly what he's saying just in those few words. And I was very excited what the Spirit had spoken to me, and, you know, all of a sudden I wasn't, you know, kind of down and out about, well, you know, about what we don't have, but what we have the potential to have, and pray into it. So that got me very excited, and um, I didn't really think that much about where that phrase came from, but Maybe I should ask you, do you know where that phrase came from? If you build it, they will come? Field of Dreams. Okay, it's a movie from, actually I know it's from 1989, so it's an older movie. And so I want to fast forward to our prayer, not yesterday, but a week ago yesterday. And I'm going to do this kind of quickly, so just follow the thread, because it's a pretty amazing thing. You know, you can't make this stuff up um, when it comes to God. Everything is, you know, all planned out, and we just have to be awake. We have to have our eyes, our spiritual eyes open, our spiritual hearts open to hear what the Spirit of God is speaking to us. And so, um, you know, I just, I want to just say this. I'm so grateful um, to God for, for raising up Marge as the um, the, the leader of our prayer, because I know she works very hard to hear from the Lord. She reads a lot, and she makes these nice sheets that she emails to us, um, you know, as the springboard for our prayer. And so the springboard for our prayer on the 13th um, was this. God has a dream for you. God has a dream for you. So I'm going to read this real quickly. It, it's by James Gall. He, he's a, um, I guess he's a sort of prophet. He's a teacher. Um, he has a ministry called Encounter Ministries. He's an author. And um, so he wrote this. Do you ask God questions at night? I do all the time. <laughs> and then I give him my opinion and suggestions. I don't know about you. So... He writes this, recently I was going to sleep and I prayed, God, do you have a dream? If you have a dream, would you like to share your dream with me? And if you share your dream with me, would you give me permission to share your dream with others? So after this, I fell asleep and I had a very simple dream in which I saw myself sitting up in bed with my Bible opened. I could hear myself reading from Isaiah 60, 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness will cover the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Nations, amen. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. 
And you know, that's for us. Think about it. We live among the nations. We have so many people in our communities that are from other places. We live among the nations. And nations will come to the light of Yeshua in us, seeking that light. And the promise is that people, great and small, will come to the brightness of God's rising within us. That is the promise that we have. So, James Gall writes, I woke up from this dream to find myself sitting up in bed with my arms outstretched in praise to the Lord, prophesying Isaiah 60 out loud. This is fascinating because I just asked God, do you have a dream? God does have a dream. You partnering with him in the great harvest. This is God's dream. He welcomes you to partner with him to see the greatest glory realm and harvest the world has ever seen. The greatest glory realm the world has ever seen. God says, I have a dream, but my dream includes you. My dream is for you. My dream includes you because my dream is about a divine participation where together we are going to see the greatest harvest that the world has ever seen. So God is inviting us to partner with him in this great harvest. And all I could think of, it, well, and you know, in our, in our prayer sheets, points A and B under LOJ has to do with the harvest. And I immediately thought of the scripture in Luke chapter 10, that, which is familiar to all of us. Then Yeshua said to, him, to them, the harvest truly is great, but what? The laborers, the workers are few, therefore what? Pray the Lord of the harvest to what? Send out laborers into his harvest. To do what? Ekbalo. To ekbalo, remember? To thrust out the workers into the harvest. Keep that word ekbalo in your mind. So that same morning that we were praying, it was the 13th that we were praying this dream, someone else shares a dream, and I don't know, I'm not really sure if it was a dream or a vision, but it was something that Chuck Pierce shared, and um, I think he shared that it was a vision, which is a clear picture, like a dream, but you're awake. And he saw a pot set on a stove to boil. And um, so the person that shared this gave the understanding of, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it in, in my own understanding. We are like those pots set on the stove to boil. And the scriptures that were shared, that Chuck Pierce shared and, and this person shared, were from Proverbs. The first one was from Proverbs 17.3. Silver and gold, and this is from the... Um, it's not the New King James Version. I forget which version. Silver and gold are tested by flames of fire, and our thoughts are tested by the Lord. And, you know, it's kind of like what I just shared with you a little bit ago from Psalm 24, how the Lord was revealing my heart and revealing, you know, it, it's God testing me by fire. And, and what will I do? Will I say, well, well, Sorry, Lord, I'm just going to continue in the way that I'm going. No. When God reveals your sin, your 
putting things out of order, not in alignment with his order. He sends that fire to refine your heart, your mind, your spirit. So you put those things in God's order. And let me tell you, it's so much better when you do this. It is so much better. So the other um, scripture was Proverbs 27, 21. I'm going to read it in two different uh, versions. One is the Amplified. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold to separate the impurities of the metal. Each is tested. Each person is tested by the praise given to him and his response to it, whether humble or proud. So I was looking at that in the Amplified, and it, it really is God testing us by fire how we respond to the things that are spoken to us. If someone praises us for something, do we take that praise or are we humble in our understanding of who we are and how God is speaking to us through another person? Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so I'm trying to think if I can put it in another way. Um, you know, throughout our lives, you know, we interact with people. Some see things within us, and God, God enables us to see through the eyes of humility whether a person compliments us or maybe criticizes us. How do we respond? Well, that's what this refiner's fire is all about. It's refining us, putting the flame to our thoughts about ourselves, to our thoughts about our lives, to our thoughts about others. And so we are those refining pots. And during this season, um, there's a... That, this is what Chuck Pierce said. There's a purifying fire that's going to touch our hearts, our minds, and our spirits so that we may arise to a new place of holiness. So the refiner's fire is not just an exercise in speaking, you know, well, Lord, okay, you know, touch me with your refiner's fire. Bring No, it is so that we are holy before him. And the word of God says that God inhabits the praises of his people when they desire to be holy as he is holy. That was one of the commands he gave to Israel. Be holy as I am holy. Well, the only way to do that is to allow his refiner's fire to come into, no matter how hard that is, to come into our lives and burn away everything that is not of him. Last week, we, we stood up and we sang that song, you know, um, sweep away the darkness, burn away the chaff, and let a fire burn that will glorify your name. And we stood that and sang it or, or spoke it as a prayer going forward this year. So, you know, we've got to be ready and willing if the Lord wakes us up in the middle of the night with his refiner's fire and brings to mind something that is unholy, 
something that we need to let him burn away if we are going to be ready, not just for the fire and glory, but for that book, you know, for the days that are to come. We're not going to be able to squeak by, you know, just kind of, you know, putting on the back burner the stuff that God wants to get rid of. Because it'll be our undoing, that stuff, if we don't allow God to burn it up. So, um, so then we had kind of a prayer for, refine, for the refining um, of our hearts and our minds before God. And it was all about the fear of the Lord and about preparation and about, again, fearing God and loving God and a return to our first love. So this was all on the 13th, this, this prayer. And that as we are purified, we are set apart, we are consecrated to God for his purposes. So I have to tell you, immediately after that prayer on the 13th, I got a phone call. And honestly, I had not ever really thought about that phrase, if you build it, they will come. I hadn't really thought it through like, oh, yes, that is from Field of Dreams. It sort of, I knew it, but I never really thought about it. And all of a sudden, the person called me and said, you know, that, that, um, that phrase is from the Field of Dreams. And there's something about the phrase that she shared, which I'm going to leave to the end. But she made the point of the dreams. And here we had taken that whole hour and prayed through two dreams and it was like duh god is has given us dreams maybe there's somebody else's dreams for now but somebody else's dreams for us to understand and pray through and figure out how to apply to our lives personally and to lion of judah as a team as a congregation so that just kind of like put me in this spin um, about these dreams. And then the next day, I didn't get home from service last week until kind of late. And by that time, I, I was pretty, you know, tired. And um, so I put my sweats on, I turned the TV, I looked for a movie, and yes, you guessed it. Guess what was... Field of Dreams, it was just getting ready to start, so I didn't miss any of it. I mean... I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it was, you can't make this stuff up. And so I just want to tell you, so Lynn just happened to find, just happened to find a brand new copy of, it's okay, of what? Field of Dreams on Wednesday. <laughs> Honestly. Okay, so God is obviously speaking something to us about the field of dreams. So as if that's not enough, Tuesday night, in my inbox, in my emails, I get an email from Lou Engel. Now, I'm on his mailing list, so I get emails from him. But what is in the subject title? Yep. Field of Dreams. Now, for those of you who may remember in 2016, 
he, he did a big gathering called Azusa Now. I don't remember what stadium. Remember last week I talked about the stadiums. I don't remember what stadium it was in, but he knew he didn't have enough money to rent the field. And so the Lord said to put up, I don't know whether he actually had to sell his house or put his house up. Did he sell it? Okay, okay. So that he would have the money to buy the field, rent the field. And I find that very interesting because in Matthew, the Lord talks about the kingdom of God is like a treasure that a man finds in a field. This is my paraphrase. And what he does is he sells everything to buy the field so that he can recover the treasure. And when I think about that in terms of Lou Angle, selling his home, which may be translated into his retirement, so that he could buy that field, because he knew there was a treasure of souls that would show up in that field, which God wanted as his harvest, his harvest of souls. He sold everything, in a sense, to buy that field. I mean, so the field of dreams with him now, and remember, he was the one that said, Ekbalo. That's the other connection. The Ekbalo message from four or five years ago was his understanding of that Ekbalo thrusting forth into the fields, thrusting forth the laborers into the fields to bring in the harvest. And so now he is buying a field to set up a training center, a worship center for young people to continue his legacy. And I don't know all the particulars of it, you know, because it's not for today to share all the particulars. But I feel so strongly about this that I believe we need to sow into that field of harvest not so that God will give us a harvest, but we know that when we sow into a harvest, what happens is that you get blessed with a harvest. It's not like, well, I'm going to do this because I'm going to get something out of it. No, that's not how it works. We do it because of how God's economy works, that when you sow into something, you reap what you're sowing into. So if we're sowing into a harvest, we will reap a harvest as well. And I just, I got so very excited about that. And you, in the, you'll probably hear more about that. Um, and we'll, we'll, when did we say we were going to um, sow into that? The month of February? Okay, so the month of February, our outreach, but I'll remind you about it. It, it will go to um, 
Lou Engle's Field, his Field of Dreams, and it turns out that that's his favorite movie, is Field of Dreams. I mean, it, it's, yep. So, um, so here's what I want to share with you. The person that called me after we had prayed through those dreams and reminded me about the Field of Dreams, the person also told me that at the very beginning of the movie, and of course then I saw it the next day, the farmer that builds this baseball field, which was his field of dreams, when he heard the voice, the voice did not say, if you build it, they will come. It's something that is said later on in the movie by many of the people that are kind of with him. But what he said was, that voice said, if you build it, he will come. If you build it, he will come. And so when we pray through the things that we want to build, Yes, we're believing people will come, but we are believing that he will come, that he will inhabit these ministries. This will not be about us. This will be all about him. It's not about the they. It's about him. It's about building for God, not building for the people. And here's what happens. When you build for God, you are building for the people because God will send the people, which is why it's so important that our motivation for this prayer has to be pure, that God be glorified, that he be lifted up, that we be a light, and not for however many people will come through the doors because it's not about us. And like I said, when we set up those chairs and said names over those chairs, those people may never darken the door of Lion of Judah. But we're believing in faith for a place at the table for them. So we set the chairs up in faith, believing that whether they come here or whether they are planted in another congregation, it's still the kingdom of God. We are all part of the kingdom of God. And that is the whole point. So we set our hands to building, believing that he will come, that he will inhabit our praises, that he will send people here, that he will be the head of all of these ministries, that we really don't have to concern ourselves except to pray and believe, because if we build it, he will come. Do you believe that? If we build it, he will come. And I believe that he is here. But I also believe that there is a greater presence that we have yet to experience in this place. And so we build it so that he will not just come but make his habitation with us, in us, in this place, in everyone who walks through those doors. It's a great dream to have. It's a great dream to realize. 
It's a great dream to pray for. Because it's not about us. And it's all about him. So Lord, we are just so blessed by your goodness and your mercy. We are blessed, Lord, with how intricately you lay out the path. So that we don't miss it. Because you know know us, Lord. You know us better than we know ourselves. And we could just be going la-di-da along the path and we could totally miss it. And so you put those signposts where we need to see them. The signposts of the field of dreams. The signposts, if you build it, they will come. The signposts of the harvest, Ekbalo. The signposts of Lou Engel. The signposts all along the way, Lord, so that we don't miss it, even to the extent where when I got home and I was ready to chill, there was the movie just waiting for me to turn it on and watch it so that I wouldn't miss it, so that just one more time I wouldn't miss it. You are so faithful, Lord. You are so faithful. When we're tired, when we're cranky, when we're turning in every direction, you are so faithful to refocus us, point us in the right direction, and say, here it is. Here's my dream partner with me for the greatest harvest and the greater and the greater outpouring of my glory in these days and weeks and months to come. So we do give you all the glory and the honor, Lord. And we know, Lord, that you are just so faithful. Thank you, Lord, that you set up multiple signposts because you know our frame. We are but dust. Sometimes our brains are dust. Sometimes our flesh is dust. Sometimes our heart is dust. Sometimes all of us is dust. But you set up the signpost so that we won't miss it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are so faithful. You are so faithful. So, Lord, we pray into your field of dreams because we know your biggest dream, Lord, is souls. Your biggest dream is souls. Their names being written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's your dream, O God. And we want to partner with you in this dream, O God. We want to be refined. We want to be those pots set to boil. Refine, Lord. Boil away. Burn away everything that is not of you, Lord, so that we may be a holy priesthood unto you, Lord God, singing your praises, O God, worshiping you and speaking your truth, O God. We bless you, Father. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you that you are good and your mercies endure forever. And all God's people said, amen and amen. And I cannot stop until I give the gospel. So I pray for anyone here or anyone listening who does not know that God sent his son, Yeshua Jesus, to die for you, to die for every sin you have ever committed and you will ever commit. And God loves you so much that this is why he sent his son. And he made the plan of salvation so simple for us to understand that if we believe that Yeshua died in our place, Jesus died in our place, so that we would not have to pay the penalty for sin, which is death, 
eternal death and eternal separation from God. If we believe that God sent his son, he died in our place for all of our sins. We are cleansed from all of our sins, from all of our sins. And God gives us the grace and power through his Holy Spirit to not sin because he says that we are now a new creation, that the old man is gone, the old man is dead and buried, and the new man has arisen with the power of the Spirit of God to overcome sin, to overcome temptation. Will we fall? Will we stumble? Yes. But we have a faithful Father who is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all iniquities, even after we receive him as our Lord and our Savior. So don't wait until this afternoon or tonight or tomorrow. None of us is guaranteed this afternoon, tonight, or tomorrow. Receive him now. Just pray for him to come into your life. Thank him that he's forgiven you for all of your sins. Confess what sins you have a recollection of, and he will be faithful. He will be just to forgive you and to give you that new life because Yeshua Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's what born again is, being, is all about. Giving your life to the Lord, asking him to come in and rule over your mind and your heart and your flesh. He will give you the strength, the grace, and the power to overcome all sin and all temptation. Father, you are good. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you forgave us of all of our sins and continue to forgive us as we confess and repent of our sins and walk and walk with you in holiness, in righteousness, and in your love. And all God's people said, amen and amen.